Welcome to Leaders in Conversation. Leaders in Conversation is a series of podcasts in which I, Annie Townend, interview and I'm in conversation with leaders about who they are and why they do what they do and the difference that they want to make through their leadership. Today, I'm delighted to be in conversation with Stacey Copeland. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted. Stacey is a multi-talented champion, a champion sportswoman, footballer and boxer, a champion and role model for gender equality and for gender not getting in the way of who you want to be and what you want to do. Stacey, I've described you as a multi-talented champion. When did you know you wanted to be a champion? I think um, quite an early age. I, I was a driven and competitive young person. Um, so although I did sport for fun, like most p- kids do at a young age, it wasn't that long before I realised I had a very competitive streak and I liked the challenge. <laughs> so I don't quite know where that comes from. It certainly wasn't forced upon me. So I think it is... It can be nurtured and developed, but I think part of that just is who you are. Who you are is often shaped by other people, by role models. And who were your role models in your in your early life? My family and the people around me. I mean, whilst I admire people who are famous through sport or politics or business or however they've come to come to fame, I tend to really look up more to the people I actually know because I know them truly their authentic self I know their flaws the adversity that they've overcome and who they truly are day to day so I've always been someone who's people who I've known have had far more of an impression on me so in my early days my dad and my, my granddad are obvious influences because they were boxers and got me involved with boxing my mum was a fitness instructor for many many years and, and heavily involved in the fitness industry and had three girls because there's three of us on my mum's side and worked really really hard on her own as a a single parent for a long, long time. So I think that was an incredible work ethic. I think you take different things from the family role models around you. And you've become something of a role model for others and especially for young girls and women, both in sport, on the field and off the field, in the ring and off the ring. Tell me what that's like for you, Stacey. It's a massive privilege. It kind of makes me want to do better all the time there are those young people or whatever age they are looking to you to do the right things or speak out on certain things or or try and literally pave the way in whatever way that might be sometimes there's an element of pressure to it particularly when it comes to performance in sport but the way that you behave and act off the field of play is also really important if you're going to be a role model and I think that is a massive privilege and um It's funny because just this morning, a young woman who watched sort of an Instagram live I'd done with another athlete who interviewed me, sent me this um, picture of some schoolwork and they had to do a project on role models. She's done it on me, which is it's hard to put into words what that means to you as an athlete, that the thing that you love in life can be such a positive impact on others. I just feel extremely lucky to be in that position, really. And I want to do the very best that I can with that opportunity and that platform. 
I know you through the Marketing Leaders Programme where you've come to speak and you've really, truly inspired and motivated everybody on the programme every year, women and men. And you talk very passionately about gender equality and paving the way for other women and girls. When did you first experience a lack of gender equality? When I was seven. Um, and that was because I had a love of football that's a bit of a mystery <laughs> because boxing, there was an obvious influence with my dad and granddad, but not not with football yet. For whatever reason, when I was at school, at playtime and dinner time, I just wanted to be playing football with, with all the boys. I went along to the first team training session and I got picked to play. And back then, the FA didn't officially recognise girls and women's football, so there wasn't any structure in place for girls to play. You also weren't allowed to play with the boys. But I went along anyway, and it was just an amazing feeling being part of that first game with uh, my first pair of football boots and proper kit and felt like I was playing real football, like not just in the playground, but in an actual game with a referee. And it was thrilling. And um, during the game, a parent and a coach on the other team recognised that I was a girl because I had my hair tied back and what have you, and shouted across the pitch, she can't play, get her off. I had to walk off the pitch and it was a horrible, horrible feeling. And that was the first time I was aware, oh, it, it, there's something different about being a girl. But like I say, from from wherever, I don't know where, but that it, my inkling wasn't to give up. I went home and I said, Mum, you've got to cut my hair short. Um, I need to pretend to be a boy so that I can play on the football team. And that's exactly what happened. So that was the first time I was aware that gender in itself was a literal barrier and then later, gender stereotypes were an issue. So uh, gender or gender stereotypes, without a doubt, have been the biggest barrier to me reaching my potential and the things that I love in sport. Most recently, you're forming a charity, Pave the Way, is about making the world a better place, Stacey, so that that, that doesn't happen to girls, young girls and women, but also to boys who may want to go into something that isn't necessarily considered stereotypically to be something that boys do. Pave the Way began as a one-week project, actually. There were some prominent, well-known female boxers who turned professional, but they'd had the Olympic pathway, whereas my weight category wasn't included at the Olympics or at the Commonwealth Games, so I hadn't had that pathway. And I wanted to make sure that the next generation coming through realised you can still win titles and have a good professional boxing career, even if you haven't had the opportunity to go to the Olympics. And my pro debut coincided with Women's Sport Week, which is something we used to do. All the media outlets used to cover women's sport for one week and then forget it for the 51 weeks of the year and feel like they ticked that box. We called it Paved the Way. And it involved doing loads of school visits, community group things. We did a full photography exhibition, which is on permanent display at the, the National Cycling Centre in Manchester of women who work in sport. That premise being, if you can see it, you can be it. And wanting girls to know if you can't make a living out of competing in sport, look at all these other jobs you can do and have a, a full career in sport. We had a great week, it went really well, and then it got its own momentum. And I thought, I might need to do something with this. So from there, that was four years ago. And now we've had inspiration days for both boys and girls. We've done other exhibitions and projects and Eventually, we decided we wanted to go down the charity route and make it as big as we possibly could. So we went through the very difficult and lengthy process of getting charity status, which we received 
right in the middle of the pandemic in April. It was a massive milestone. As you rightly pointed out, it's not just about women, it's about gender stereotypes affecting people's potential as a human being. And that may well be boys. And I get a lot of contact from parents who've got maybe a son who's got a real love for ballet and has given up because of the stigma they face. And that makes me really sad. I have been through barriers and difficulties, but I've still done a lot of the things that I loved and I've still been able to pursue a lot of my dreams. There's so many people, particularly young people, who are just giving up before they even get the chances that I've had. And I just think that's awful that we should be doing better for people to have the opportunities to pursue what they love, whether that's a passion, a dream, whether they're good at it or not, that's not the thing. It's about them being able to have the fullest life they can. And so I want to try and impact as much as I can on that. And that's where leadership comes in, that sometimes we wait for other people to do it. And it's just sort of come to me the last few years where I've thought, why not me? Why am I waiting for other people to do it? I'm passionate about it. I'm driven. I need to step up and try and do something about it. And and that's what I'm doing. And, and hopefully other influencers, whatever their role might be, that they can do that too. You're not only paving the way, Stacey, you are leading the way. And it would be great to hear you talk a bit more about why the way we talk, the language we use can have such an impact, both a positive impact, but also a negative impact. So I think you've come up against negativity, like you've already mentioned, but but the importance that we address language as well. I think language is massively important when it comes to race or class or people with disabilities or whatever it might be. It's really important the way that we talk about things. I've grown up with girl being an insult um, and it's quite socially acceptable to call someone a girl as an insult, particularly young boys. Stop being a girl. You're acting like a girl. You're a big girl. (laughs) Like It's bizarre to me now now that, I mean, you can't unsee things. Once you see a, a social injustice, in my mind anyway, you can't really unsee it. People refer to folks like me as a tomboy. That undermines everything I've achieved. It doesn't tell you who I am, what I've done, what I've overcome. It's simply a label that tells you nothing about me. Certain uses of language can be detrimental and just become part of the fabric of the way that we speak. And they can undermine people. When we say the England football team, We leave out the word men's because that's what we really mean, unless we say women's England football team. Tiny changes like that, I'm starting to see happen. Just on the radio yesterday, there was a question in the quiz and they said, in the such and such men's World Cup, and I thought, wow, because usually we say World Cup and we just think men's straight away. We don't even think about the women's. But if you just put the word men's in there, that subtle change makes us aware that there is another team that represents the country and that of course is the is the women's one so in many many different ways I think language is important I think the more we can be aware of it the more we can be a bit more conscious of the way that we use language particularly towards young people and those perceptions become important and I think we can just have a different conversation about that we don't have to jump down everyone's throat because it's so difficult because gender and and the stereotyping of gender is so ingrained in our culture. It's unbelievable. It's so hard to actually try and raise your children in a different way that when society is surrounded by it. But the premise of Pave the Way for that is question it, challenge it, change it. How can we challenge it and ever change it? And quite often things have never changed because we simply haven't questioned it. So I would encourage all leaders 
to do that in, in their own business model or an organisation or whatever it is to question the way that things are. And then, and we've seen that with Black Lives Matter, we've been starting to question things that we just formally said, well, that's just how it is. Well, that's not good enough anymore, nor should it be. And so I think questioning it and then challenging it and changing it can be really helpful. Those three things are so pertinent, aren't they, in every area of our lives? I've always worked full time throughout my whole sports career. You know, I've been proud of that because I've done a lot of work that I have felt passionate about and that I feel has had meaning. And certainly working in a school is one of those and trying to support, develop and, and basically help the next generation. And I didn't have a great time at school for many different reasons. And I think that's given me perhaps more compassion maybe for those who struggle at school and wanting to help them so I have varied roles at the school I've actually been there 10 years now and I've been part-time for quite a while now because the rest of my work with you know the radio and paved the way and speaking it has built up but I just absolutely love being part of that school environment and young people are fantastic to be around and schools are they're like a microcosm of society I'm deeply passionate about social justice and equal opportunities for people and that's one place where you can see if and where it's going wrong and also hopefully see opportunities to help people and you can't help everybody in the way you'd want to and that makes it very very tough at times but the rewards far outweigh the difficulties I would say. You mentioned compassion you also bring a lot of courage you have really led with courage. Because one of my roles at school is the student leadership team there was a lot of things that I wanted to change when I took over the student leadership team because I think they're early experiences of leadership and what that means can be really important. I think some of the examples of leadership that we see in the world might give the impression that things like compassion have no place in leadership. And I disagree. I think it is an incredible quality for leaders to have. And and, and courage is another one, but quite how we sort of define courage is also important. And that's what I'm trying to do with the young people in, in our school. I think for me, one of the examples, both of leadership and how we feel under different leaders and how we respond to it, and in terms of having courage, is that for me, I had to feel able to step up and speak. And I wasn't always able to speak out on things. People often ask me, oh, how do you speak out? And how do you, somebody said this at work, and how should I have dealt with it? And I, I totally understand that, but you, you can't be ahead of your time. You have to feel able to speak up about things. That's a crucial part. So when I was 16, I got my first England call up and it is a phenomenal feeling. Um, Now they get an email, but then you used to get an actual letter and it used to come in the post and it used to have the FA logo on it, the three lions. And it was just the most exciting thing you could ever imagine. And I think for most sports people, no matter how far you go, even if you become the most successful Olympian ever, that first call up for your national team is there's nothing like it. I was working in like a factory warehouse type place on 37 pound a week and I went along to see him to have a week off to go to the European Championships to play for England and said oh I need a week off but there's nothing left on the rotor and he said what do you need it off for and I gave him this letter uh, and I was still floating at the time because I was so excited and he said you want me to give you a week off to play for a women's football team and I said well it is the England women's football team and he made this noise and made all these jokes. I was just so, so deflated. And I said, well, can I just take it unpaid? It really means a lot to me. And he said, yeah, if you must. And he signed it. And I came out of that interaction feeling so small and so stupid for thinking it was such a big deal to play for the England women's football team and not the England football team. 
And it even impacted me during the anthem. I was thinking, is this actually the same, though? Is it just the other, the not as good as? I didn't even tell any of my colleagues at work that I was going or anything. Now, I can't change everybody like him sat behind that desk. Hopefully, it has changed now, but maybe not. But I see my role as trying to you know, influence every young person in particular that comes out of an interaction like that, any age, but particularly young people who haven't maybe found their voice yet, as they say, or felt able to speak up yet, to not feel ashamed of who they are and still come out and feel proud of who they are and what they do, despite the negative voice and, and of others and attitudes of others. Fast forward 20 years when I'm now boxing and I'd go to Zimbabwe and win the Commonwealth title and become the first British woman to do so. And it was just the most phenomenal experience, but I didn't get a belt. And it was massively, massively disappointing to think I am still facing these inequalities all of this time later. And so when I came home, uh, I rang the head of the Commonwealth Boxing Council and said, it was a fantastic experience, but why did I not get a belt? And he said, well, the manufacturers of the replica belt have ceased production. So I said, what's that got to do with me? Oh, well, we do replica belts for women and real belts for men. So I said, why is that? And he said, well, there's more money in men's boxing. I said, I know, but even if it would have meant paying for it with my own money, I should have had the option to do that. I'm never going to get that moment back. How quickly can I have a real belt? And he said, well, you can have one within a couple of weeks, but they're quite expensive. So unless you've got a sugar daddy, you probably won't be able to have one. And it's really difficult to put into words a sense of injustice that makes you feel and that rage and inside you just to think, why is this still happening? Like, why, I haven't done anything to deserve that kind of derogatory speech. You shouldn't have said that. That's a really derogatory thing to say. Well, I didn't mean it in that way. I said, well, I'm not sure what way you meant it, but I work full time. I always have. I, I pay my own way for everything. And it, it's not something you should have said. I said, but, it, you know, we can't change what's happened, but let's look forward. We can't let this happen to a future female champion. And they agreed to make a women's Commonwealth title belt, which I, of course, received in the December. There was a women's Commonwealth title fight with two British fighters. And me and my boyfriend were watching and um, I was saying, oh, this is great to see. And lo and behold, there's the belt in the ring. And I was thinking, wow, this is exactly what I'm here to do. And so leadership's important in terms of they were leaders. Well, that boss of mine was a leader in business. The head of the Commonwealth Boxing Council's leader of a sports organisation. And both of them made, made me feel Awful leaders can have the very exact, very opposite impact, and, and we would wish them to, to lift people up and realise they're there to serve those who make that business possible or make that sports organisation what it is, because without fighters, you haven't got a boxing title. Without staff, you haven't got a business. That's why it's so important that we talk about these things and create leaders who think differently and, and can use their platform to make a difference. I wasn't ready to use my voice as a young 16-year-old. I really wasn't. I didn't understand the history of women's sport. So I had no premise to say, actually, this is a massive lie that I've been told forever that women are not as good. We can't do this. We can't do that. Actually, these were myths. It's not true. So that helped me. That was kind of something in my toolbox later. And then also realising, no, of course I can speak up. And yeah, so I'd encourage young people, the quicker you can do that, the sooner you can give yourself permission to use your voice, the better. And then, of course, using mascots instead of ring car girls has been a choice that I've come under heavy, heavy criticism for. But I'm uh, I'm all right with that because I think sometimes the hard thing to do is, is the right thing to do. And I think I'm on the right side of history with it, that we shouldn't be using men or, or women as, uh, you know, sexual objects or gl glamorous accessories, as people refer to it, in a sporting or any arena. 
Um, I just don't think it's helpful. A leader can have a really positive impact and help grow somebody's confidence and their resilience. This year in particular has been a challenging year for, for everybody by way of confidence and resilience. What has helped you? I think what's helped me is, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I've, after so many years in sport, um, there are many, many things that I've been through that are unusual. It's not an ordinary thing to go all the way to Japan, for example, and <laughs> compete in a world championships and or to go for a training camp in the middle of Kazakhstan or some of the experiences I've had or turn up in America with just £200 in my pocket, knowing that I was going to be there for five years, not knowing a single person at the age of 21. So you learn something through those experiences, uh, many, many things, and a lot of them are really, really applicable to other aspects in life. I would say some of the things that I've learned from sport that are useful are things such as only putting my energy into what I can control. And I've had to learn that many times in sport, certainly the hard way, that in things like injuries, I've had injuries before and allowed it to make me feel like I've lost my entire identity, my purpose, who am I now, what am I going to do, you know, what's the point of everything, just because I had an injury, not thinking of the big picture, that actually, if compared to my entire sports career, this is a small segment, it's a tiny chapter, and I'm going to get back from this injury and have great things happen again. Living in the moment's a good thing, of course it is, but not where you're living in the, the bad moment and thinking it's never going to get better, because it does. Uh, nothing stays the same, things change. I had to realise I cannot put all my energy into focusing on this injury right now because it's one small segment and it's it's going to get better. All I can control is doing the best rehab that I can do and using my time whilst I'm not at training to do good for others. I'm realising that my purpose isn't just to be the best athlete that I can be, it's to use that sport and it Sport's one of the most powerful things on the planet for bringing about positive change. So when I was injured, I'd think, right, how can I use this extra time now to do good? Because ultimately my purpose is still to be the best that I can be and to have a positive impact on others. I can still do that on crutches or in a sling or with whatever injury I've got. So why don't I just focus on that? That's definitely helped me. I'm fully aware that when people can use this time to self-develop and learn a language and do this and do that. And that's fantastic. That's great. But we also have to be mindful that some people who are going to food banks now and just trying to feed the families and it's desperate, certainly financially. And that's very, very, very hard because I'm in touch with, you know, different people in different circumstances. It reminds me it's not the same for everybody. We come towards the end of our conversation. I wouldn't want to finish our conversation without mentioning the Northern Power Women Group. One thing that I love about social media, there's a lot of things to loathe, but one of the things <laughs> that's great, there's so many connections from it and it's just wonderful to look at because of the space that I'm in and the kind of things that I go to or events I go to or whatever that might be. You're connected, aren't you, to loads of amazing other things that are going on. It's just a joy to see, you know, that the Northern Power Women is one example of that, the work that Simone does there for bringing women together and men and there's men involved with northern power women as well which is about you know amplifying voices and giving opportunities but there's loads of them as well that I've been fortunate to be part of the unlocked campaign through the women's sports trust has been a phenomenal program I've just been part of for the last uh, sort of 12 months where they've had 41 athletes and linked us with an activator which I guess in business terms would be a business mentor or something like that and 
it's been a phenomenal experience to be around other athletes who've faced many of the same obstacles, but also some that are very unique to them, whether they're a para-athlete or a black athlete or whatever it might be. In their sport, it might be that predominantly everyone's from private schools and they're not. So even things like that that I wouldn't have thought of from boxing or football. And we've all really learned from each other's experiences, supported each other and given each other even more confidence or some confidence for those who were, were lacking in it to speak up and use our platform. Bringing people together in that way is extremely powerful. I think of it like a positive petrol tank. Sometimes, even in everyday life, our positive petrol tank can get low, no matter what you're doing. But when you're trying to succeed in, in sport at the top, top level, it's mentally pressurising all the time to push your body, physically demanding. When you're also trying to take on something like whatever that passion might be, climate change or Black Lives Matter or gender equality, speaking up to people with disabilities, whatever it might be, and the negativity, the backlash that can come from that, it, it can be very, very difficult to keep climbing that mountain again and again and again. And those positive petrol tanks, as I like to call them, make a difference. One of the things that can bring my petrol tank down, somebody sent this the other day, this women's thing is getting ridiculous now. I will share the housework, do the ironing, wash and wipe the pots, cook the evening meal, anything. All I ask is please leave my sport alone. I switched on the darts to a woman presenter and commentator, turned over to men's football and it sounds like a nine-year-old girl commentating. Why don't you get a life of your own instead of constantly trying to ruin a man's one sacred sport? Those kind of things kind of get me down for a few seconds because I think, wow, that's is that where we're still at? It also galvanises me to think, right, there's work to be done. And I don't want any young people to read that and, and absorb that and take that on board and it make them feel less than. The businesses that I go to, the networks that I'm part of and the people that are part of that are all positive petrol tanks for me that when that gets low, they fill me back up and I can go out and keep trying to trudge uphill and, and we all need those positive tanks and that's why podcasts like this are so important because they give us that and enable us to keep going so thanks for what you're doing and to everyone who's trying to push uphill whatever your hill might be we've all got them and it helps to have uh, people filling your tank up I think. Stacey thank you so much well I feel as though you are a positive petrol tank and that together we can help others fill up their positive petrol tanks and go forward giving more opportunities to women and men girls and boys in places and in sport and in other areas of life where they didn't think that there was an opportunity for them because of where they're from because of their background or because they haven't seen anybody like them doing that before you really are paving the way and leading the way if you would like to know more about Stacey and the great work that she's championing get in touch with her via Stacey Copeland and also via LinkedIn if you would like to be a leader in conversation with me Annie Townend please get in touch via my website Annie Townend and or via LinkedIn thank you thank you Stacey thank you very much for having me thank you